real hog. <laughs> the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools neurotic to the bone no doubt about it sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up And am I just paranoid? Am I just stuck? I went to a shrink To analyze my dreams little Green Day for you folks out there One of our favorite bands from Back in third grade, we got in trouble for bringing that album Dookie into music class. Remember that? That album, uh, one of the greatest albums of all time. And absolutely, we got, uh, I got in trouble telling uh, racist jokes that I had heard a girlfriend's stepdad tell. Okay, which and you then, didn't know uh, were racist jokes. Yeah, not really. <clears throat> didn't really know them. And uh, uh, you had the Dookie album, right? Yeah. And we both had it. I had the tape. We had the tape. Given to us, yeah, by an uncle. This is Mike from Jackman Radio coming at you with another episode. And Eric, back at it in the saddle, and Mr. Aaron LaFond. Happy days, Aaron. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of Green Day and uh, people who oppose it, uh, another Republican entrant into the race, uh, Governor Scott Walker from Wisconsin. <laughs> Wait, what do you think, Eric? Fuck Scott Walker. Union-busting fucking asshole. I mean, he's all right. I don't know. Who's, I, who's he completely owned and operated? He's, just, he's a street-walking whore for the Koch brothers. There was a, a great YouTube video. You should all check this out. Um, just type in impersonator, pretends, uh, you know, along the lines of Coke brother impersonator called Scott Walker. And Scott Walker thinks he's on the phone with one of the Coke brothers. It's actually him. We might have to play some of that. We could. And um, basically, you know, the crux of the call is this guy impersonating one of the Coke brothers that's just kind of going on and on and saying how the victories are great against the unions and... Uh, you know, conservative government, and and uh, here our guy Scott and Scott. You know, he's like uh, Scott Walker's like 110 percent affirming. Is he just completely his lapping com- it his up? His commitment to lap up the Coke brothers' jizz. You know, <laughs> so is he even going to be on the debate stage at this point? The first debate, yeah, uh, in I think early so. August. I think so. I'd have to take a look at a couple of the recent polls, but uh, he's got some formidable right wing, you know, conservative bona fides. Yeah, that's well, for sure. He had, he had the success. They did the recall campaign out there, and. He won the recall campaign and maintained the office of the governorship. So, so he might be a second or third tier, maybe behind uh, Jeb, perhaps. Yeah, well, you know, he's religious. He's um, got that going. Got that the religious thing going. That'll play well in Iowa, and uh, just you know, conservative, limited government, cutting taxes, shrinking the size of government, which are all like pretty good things, you know. But uh, you know, as as Aaron would say, sometimes don't be so crass. Yeah, you know? exactly. There are people struggling who need help. So what's let's help them. What's going on, Aaron? Um, what's the latest? Did you hear about the prequel, sequel, uh, f- 55 years later, uh, Harper Lee has a new book out. Go Set a Watchman? Go Set a Watchman, the follow-up to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah, 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 I did hear about yeah, that. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. What's going on with that? Yeah. Which is actually takes place... It, I believe it's, it's kind of murky. The details are kind of murky. It was written before To Kill a Mockingbird, but it's the characters, it's 20 years later, perhaps. And Atticus Finch in this uh, book is now a racist and goes to KKK meetings. So he's a Republican now. Yeah, he's, he's voting for yeah. Scott Walker. Wow. So <laughs> this is the guy who, the character who, uh, of course, was the, I believe, the lawyer. I, I don't remember that book. You don't yeah, remember I, that I, book? I that was mandatory in high school. I don't school. remember. Yeah, I didn't it even was. read it. I didn't read it. But the big news on this is basically, you know, Harper Lee only wrote that one book, said she was never going to write or release another one. She's 89 now, living in an assisted living isn't, home. Isn't there a speculation she's not even in control? There's speculation that there was coercion um, or possible influence coming from another party to get this book out to make money. Yeah, it's going to... 
you know, not just not really to line her pockets, but to line the publisher's pockets. Yeah, I mean, they, as long as she has a bedpan and a bed to sleep in, she doesn't care about money. They're happy. She's not going on press stores at Barnes and Nobles doing no. book signings. No. That's for sure. So that will be kind of interesting. I'll have to reread that book. I mean, the last time I read it was probably ninth or tenth grade, and then check out the sequel. I mean, it's it's almost up there with with like uh, if J.D. Salinger were to have new work come out, which I think eventually he will. Um, if you saw that documentary that came out a year or two ago, Salinger. It seems to indicate that there's a treasure trove of, uh, you know, J.D. Salinger dick Unreleased pics. Unreleased dick pics. Yeah, that will be coming out. <laughs> so that's cool. I mean, that's a cool literary story uh, for those out there who still read. Apparently a lot do. Uh, up in Keene, New Hampshire, at the Toadstool bookstore, all 60 copies sold out on the first day, and they're ordering more. Really? So that's good news. That's encouraging. All four copies have been checked out of the Keene Public Library. So we got Harper Lee riots going on. Good stuff. It's trending. Another uh, thing that's trending, and uh, this is really exciting. This has been nine years in the making. There's photographs of Pluto coming out. Making it, a comeback? It looks good. Pluto does? Pluto looks good. Yeah. Now, it's not a um, planet anymore, It's right? like a dwarf planet. What is it? You know? Is trans it like planet. Kate, is it like Caitlyn Jenner? It's kind of up in the air. Yeah, what we, how we should categorize it's it? It's transplanetary. It's a new genre of <laughs> transplanetary of, uh, planet. But this uh, this uh, um, you know craft called the New Horizon, which I dubbed the Event Horizon. Nice. Oh, absolutely. Sam, no. little Sam Neil for so scary. I will never watch that movie again. Don't don't watch it. I watched it the second time. It not doesn't as really, good. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it's not as scary. So it doesn't hold up. Mm. There, there's some. There's one or two spark, uh, parts that are pretty scary, but so clearly they ripped off a lot of imagery from Clive Barker. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. But anyways, the Event Horizon. So it photographed Pluto, but it also photographed, I believe, uh, another planet on its way. So it's been up there for nine over nine years, and it's sending back the images. So. Really cool thing that's happening. Nice. And the uh, Pluto kind of looks a little bit like the Death Star, so I don't know if this is J.J. Abrams doing a little press, <laughs> little marketing. Or yeah, maybe something. we can send all the people who are still asked about the Supreme Court decision about gay marriage. Let's send them up there. Send them up to Pluto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They With can no ha- women, so then like Ben Carson would say, well, whoever goes to jail, they end up be- becoming gay. Yeah, they so, become gay. So they choice. all go to Pluto. They have to become gay. Yeah. We should Watch definitely. Out. We should definitely like blow up a planet. I'm surprised we haven't blown up another planet. You know. <laughs> Or just like nuke a planet. Just like how cool would that look in though? our solar system, like another solar system somewhere. Well, if the aliens get belligerent on Pluto, we will strike first. Maybe <laughs> or just to, yeah, see what well, happens. What would Donald Trump's take on that be, Mike, on other planets? Well, I mean, we're looking what's going on with the Plutonians, and they're doing really disgusting things. They're torturing people. Uh, they're doing a lot most, of most of them are illegal too, right? The Plutonians who come over the border. Most of them are rapists. Maybe there's some good Plutonians, but a lot of them are rapists. They're sending very bad people up here. I mean, that's what the, the Space Hubble thing, whatever the hell this thing's called, is sending back to us. So I am going to be talking about that in my campaign. God. Trump's still dominating the news, isn't he? Yeah, we, we have to mention him a little bit. It's just the, the Republican primary is a circus. and uh, They hate it. They hate it. Oh, they hate seeing him be number one and two with boys. These are all legit polls, too. This is Reuters, Quinnipiac, um, you know, Zogby. You know, all major polling firms who 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 do these these polls and uh, right. Trump is either one or two in majority of them. That's got to just piss off these governors, former governors, senators, members of co- like. The only reason I'm going to watch the Republican debates is because Trump's going to be in them, Aaron. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely. I mean, I'm if we should all get watch. together and watch him, if we don't do a show around it, we should right. at least get together, get like some beers, you know, get a pizza, yeah, and just have a night. Oh, because you know he's just dude. He's just going to go up there and just destroy, because they're all going to be going after him. You know, because now the only way to make news as, as a candidate is if you attack Trump and you and Trump's party your shtick. Right, you weigh in cover on you. It. You weigh in. I on mean, that's how popular I am. People's criticism has to involve me if they want to get any ink. Everybody knows me. Everybody loves me. You know, I'm a good person. I've yeah. they've given money to. Every, of course, I've given money to Hillary. It's called buying favor. Yeah. Who hasn't given Hillary a hundred thousand dollars? Exactly. The Saudis? Oh, they have. They gave her twenty million. You know, the Carlyle Group? They probably did. Yeah. Goldman Sachs? They gave her a lot more than that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think Donald Trump's racist. Really. To, to his core, I don't probably think so. not. But I think the comments that he said, he, he doesn't necessarily view them as insensitive or doesn't even know that they're insensitive. Because, you know, let's be honest, the dude's a, a little out of touch. 
He's kind of removed. With a lot of stuff that's going on. He's a little. I love the Mexicans. No one ever says this. I love Mexico. I have many Mexican friends. I employ thousands of them. You know, some of them are from Pluto. Some are from Mexico. They're good people. <laughs> and Anderson Cooper hit him on uh, that job site of that uh, thing he's building in D.C. That that there are indeed some undocumented workers building that site. Of course there are. And he's like, look, Anderson, I have many contractors, and those contractors have contractors. <laughs> so it's like, you know, he's kind of passing the buck. He can't you really know? keep track. Yeah. I don't know. I like the story he told about how he really got his hands dirty. I put on the contractor helmet. I went in there. I got dust on my suit. I, I did. did. I visited the job site. And I have a Mexican who, his job, and he's legal, by the way, Jose, he does a great job. He dry cleans all my suits on site, and it's huge. It's very successful, and it is a great job. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, 94-year-old Oscar Groening, the so-called bookkeeper of Oswich, has been sentenced this week to four years in prison on 300 counts of acting as an accessory to murder during the Holocaust. Did you guys hear about that? It took him long enough. I mean, 70 years? I mean, 94? He's got, two they, years, he's got his they, whole life ahead of him, you know? Where'd they find this guy? I think he's kind of been around for a while, and he, he admits moral guilt um, and says if he could have, he, he would have killed Hitler himself. And, oh, you know, I was just a little nebbish bookkeeper. Okay, I was a 21-year-old bookkeeper. It's like, uh, do you not know what's going on when they're rounding up all those people and putting them in the trains and sending them off to the camps? Right. So he was just a librarian? <laughs> he, was, he was a bookkeeper? Yeah. I think they got him because he, he was the Brooks of book fucking Holocaust. <laughs> he was the bookkeeper of Auschwitz. Brooks. Yeah. Oh, what, from uh, well, Someone's got to fucking keep the books. They're going to yeah. make an action movie with Liam Neeson. He's yeah. gonna, I'm going to go after you. I will go to Germany and I will find you. It's just him writing in a ledger for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> you have to book. That's how I tracked you down to Hamburg. <laughs> but I mean, this is, you know, I mean, for obviously there's still a, a lot of people alive that survived the Holocaust. Um, obviously family members and, you know, this is now, you know, what, two generations, couple, at least a couple generations ago. Not really that long ago. Oh, yes. This thing ended 70 years 70 ago. 70 years ago. So there's still people out there that can, I guess, quote unquote, be brought to justice. And um, yeah, he's 94, but I'm sure a lot of the people who... He was, you know, he was part of the machine that killed a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of them were elderly, too. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, it's an old guy. Yeah, he probably won't even survive the appeal process. But, um, you know, I think it's a good thing that there's at least an acknowledgement. At least the trial happened. And the sentencing's kind of kind of moot, really, when you think about it. 94? I mean, out with good behavior? And yeah, the, you're just out, doing it to appease people at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a feel-good thing, you know? <laughs> We're getting the pound of flesh and the wheelchair, right. you know? Right, exactly. It's, I don't know. It's just crazy to hear, to hear about that still going on in 2015, you know? so Yeah, there's not a lot of them left. There can't be that many of them left, you know? No, I don't think so. You'd have to be, you know, 1970 at minimum 18 years old, so that would make you 88 now? 88, right, yeah. He was born, this guy was born in uh, 1921. 21, right. 94. So, yep. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, also over the weekend, uh, this past weekend, was uh, Comic-Con out there in San Diego. Did you did you keep track of that at all, Oswald, mm. or look at any of the media that the was generated? The only thing I saw was that there was a trailer for The Hateful Eight at Comic-Con, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Did you watch the trailer? No, no, it's just I saw the headline. And I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I guess with that movie, the script leaked a while ago and that yeah and he Tarantino said he was gonna like stall. stop the whole fucking thing but he like, just said did you move yeah. forward with it? i mean said, did, did you read it no no I, no one read that read script it. so I what is it no ad, one no one reads even, yeah. Yeah. yeah jeff bridges didn't even i didn't read the script yeah. you know I, I didn't even read it but they uh they did like a, a a live script reading and then they got the thing going again and now it's coming out good i believe before the end of the year i think it's going to be great oh they're always fucking good. You know it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. They. Um. I saw the Suicide Squad trailer. Oh, I saw that. That too. came I didn't out. See the trailer. I saw. What do you think so, of that? Yeah. Era? Look at this rendition of the Joker. That's going to try not to be like Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson. I really. don't know, man. I mean, the I mean, idea of all the villains from uh, the DC DC comic, right? Yeah, DC comic universe. From the DC comic universe, being all of these like expendable type mercenaries, who for whatever reason have to accomplish something, right? Yeah. Is that what the deal is? Pretty, pretty much. I don't know. This is like bad. Kind of, kind I, couldn't of name, I couldn't even name you like Lex Luthor, the Joker. Deadshot. Har Harvey Dent. I, I don't know who that is. No, Harley <laughs> Quinn. Oh, Harley Quinn? Yeah, but yeah. They, they, so it's like multiple, like it's... it's. 
they're beating this this whole comic thing is a dead horse and it's been beheaded and beaten and reprocessed and eaten mm. shit out and beaten again you know well apart from the comics uh book stuff which they showed a new um batman versus superman Dawn i watched Justice, that too that made was, me feel a little bit better yeah i mean ben affleck he's gay <laughs> You know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I will always be uh, partial to the uh, Dark Knight trilogy, and even the Michael Keaton Tim Burton. Pair I'm of a Batman and Robin fan myself. He would be Mike. Yeah, oh, he, he's a Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. God, that that travesty. Although Jesse Ventura is a guard in that. <laughs> he is. is really? He's a guard in the one Arnold, that Arnold's in. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. And then okay. another trailer was, of course, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Did you see that? No. Oh man, that no. was awesome. Well, that, that that's going to be a series, right? Is that a movie? A that's going to be a, a ten episode series oh, on stars starting cool. on October thirty first this fall, and a lot of people are very excited, myself included. I mean, how, how does Bruce Campbell look? Is he old? He, he looks pretty good. Is he I mean, intact? Yeah, he's like he's like fifty eight years. What old. What was that show he was in? Uh, Burn Notice. Burn Notice. Yeah, he's um, kind of bloated in some of those episodes. I think I, it looks like he got in pretty. He yeah, got he, in sh- he got in shape like Carrie Fisher and. Uh, uh, Luke Skywalker did Mark for Hamill Mark Hamill yeah they the also sh- they didn't show like an official trailer but they showed like a really cool three or four minute behind the scenes reel from uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens and that was really cool they uh, revealed uh, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia um, you know they had Chewbacca they had uh, Simon Pegg in some kind of weird outfit out in the desert um, they, they showed- revealed there's going to be a Wookiee gay marriage yeah, that's from a from a galaxy not that far away. They they're actually they're gonna fit in a Caitlyn Jenner cameo too, which I thought was pretty cool. It's from the you know she's the new princess, Princess Jenner. But that looked really cool. And then of course the Walking Dead season six trailer was cool. awesome. Did you see that Oswald? Or? No, I don't watch the show. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm the only Walking Dead fan. I don't the watch show. it either, but I did watch the trailer. It looks like they're stumbling on a community that's somewhat safe and secure. Yeah, in season five, they've come a- across a place called the Alexandria Safe Zone, and uh, Rick went in there, uh, of course, from season one. Anyone listening who follows Walking Dead knows this, and of course, has been out in the wild, you know, this whole time trying to keep his group safe. So, but these people inside this gated community, basically, you know, they've been there all six seasons. Yeah, Republican voters, and they, uh, <laughs> you know, right. So, so this is like the Bernie Sanders crowd finding its way into the country club. Yeah, these this is like <laughs> Occupy, uh, you know, Occupy Georgia, Occupy led, Zombies, led by Rick, Sheriff Rick Grimes. Oh God, uh, coming in there, and he's going to show them the brutality, how to survive in this world. Now um, they they've been so insulated that they don't even have to kill zombies. Um, or walkers. They all have different jobs. Some Scott of, walkers. Yeah, all the Scott walkers out there trying to bust the unions and lower your taxes and oppress all the gay walkers. <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited. I think they continue to do great things. And Greg Nicotero, who's an executive producer on the show, um, who's a very famous horror makeup artist, um, you know, has, has been doing great work. He directs some of the episodes. He He's in charge of all the makeup. And... Uh, you know, they, they brought back um, another character named Morgan, who's played by Lenny James, who's just a fantastic actor. Um, he actually played James Brown's father in the James Brown oh, yeah. Get On Up biopic. Oh, okay, I know who he is. He's also British, which is a, a funny thing. You know, All the, the best actors. Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick, is British. All British. Um, you know, the guy who plays Superman, Henry Cavill. Yep, He's British. British. The dude in Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hugh, yeah. Hugh Darcy. Yep. He's British. Hugh Dancy. Or Hugh Dancy, yeah. my bad. All actually, the guys from The Wire. Like all of the wire was British. Yep. Um, uh, Damien Lewis from, oh, from uh, Homeland. Homeland. Yeah, he's got some of the shows. Going. He's a Brit. I'm sure in House of Cards, everyone's British. That's actually a whole thing right now um, in pop culture and entertainment in Hollywood. All the Brits are getting the good roles, and I think the well, they hide. The Americans you don't know. Are, like I wouldn't have known. Like they, yeah, they, when, they can do American accents better than we can do. Yeah. When you see them British do an accents. interview and they're talking about it and they have their legs crossed and yeah. nice, they have a nice gay scarf on and a cup of tea. Yeah. And they're like, you know, to get into character, you know, I had to really get behind the psyche of Americans. So I started eating at McDonald's every day <laughs> and I stopped reading and I really became American. <laughs> of course, the best American actor to portray a British accent of all time, in my opinion, most convincing, was uh, Keanu Reeves in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. God. Yeah. Dracula, I'm sorry if I offended you. Not, uh, uh. Ruined that movie. No, yeah. Who's, who's yeah. Made, done a convincing British accent out there? That uh, Oh, James Marsters, who played Spike in the Buffy the Vampire oh, yeah, Slayer the blonde-haired t- dude. TV show. I actually thought he was British in he real wasn't life. British. He was not British. And uh, as far as movies go, who, who's actually done a convincing Cockney? 
I don't know. We'll have to get back to you on that Mark, one. Okay. I know Tony always thought Green Day, they were a British band. Those yeah. guys are from California? Really? <laughs> I thought they were British. Our dad always thought they were British. They did have a little bit of a Sex Pistols vibe going. and Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that they're still around. Oh, I, I think Green they got some new music you know, coming yeah. soon. And yeah, Green Day. Recent Days. inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right I think on. Well deserved. Right on. Uh, it's hard to believe Dookie came out 21 years ago. That's 1994. Nuts. That's That's madness. That's madness. Before we get to the uh, Big J interview, I wanted to also do a quick movie review. We haven't done one in a little while. Uh, speaking of Brits, I think he's mm. British. Uh, Tom Hardy he was in this movie called Locke. Mm. And he oh, just, yeah. I mean, talk about a powerhouse performance. This movie, it's an interesting concept. It's 80 minutes of Tom Hardy in a car driving around England at nighttime, having all these various phone conversations. And his life is just unraveling. Oh, yeah. And, and he went for a Welsh accent. So it's the think about Bane without the mask doing a Welsh type thing. And not Jamaican. You report the concrete. It would be okay. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't even That's do it. That's pretty good. No, yeah. That sounds good. It's so, going to be fine. Yeah, everything will be fine. We will do the biggest pour ever. And nah, it's... <laughs> yeah. He was all about that pour. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. pour the pour will be perfect. Get the yeah. foreman. He's a Polish guy. He will do it for 500 euro. Also, the baby pouring out of his mistress. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, you know, his life falls apart. Um, you know, he cheated on his wife at a job site with a co-worker, got her pregnant on a one-night stand, um, and she's set for delivery of the baby, you know. And so... Jesus, but the, giving giving away quite a bit. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Mike just gave away the whole goddamn movie. Well, it's just one of those things where, like, you don't... Like, it all unravels throughout, like, because you don't really know. With each... He's just taking... With each phone call, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh, like, you, a little just, bit more gets revealed with and, every call. And his son, it's, it's heart-wrenching, it dude, when his right, son is saying... Right. And, and he leaves him a message, like, you know, and the, well, I'll, well, I have an idea, Dad. I'll record this, the football match and pretend that I don't know what happens. When you come home, we can watch it. And, and Mom will make sausages and we'll have beer. You know? It's just oh, it's like, just, it's, a, it's almost like a one-act play kind of, you know, yeah. taking shape in a car. And uh, you got to have chops to make something like that work. Tom Hardy has it, man. I, I would argue he that has Tom the chops. Hardy is one of the best actors of the last 10 years to, to emerge on the scene. I know he's been around Ticker, longer than Ticker that. Taylor, Soldier Spy, right? He was in that. Was he in that? Yeah. He was in the... He did Bronson. Bronson. Was fucking Lawless. badass. Yeah, that was a badass Remember movie. Lawless? About Lawless the was great. The, uh, what's the name of that family? Oh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy is what you were thinking of, right? Yeah. He was in Layer Cake, uh, yeah. Bronson, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, Inception, yeah. um, Warrior with... Oh, uh, yeah. With... Um, Joel Edgerton. Oh, man. That was and, uh, Nick Nolte. Who plays your drunk dad? Yeah. He has to put him to bed and his Nick Nolte's all like... God, that was gripping. That was really gripping. But Tom Hardy, man, I, keep an eye on him. He's, uh, of course, was in the new Mad Max. Film. Oh, right, in Mad Max. Great reviews, which I still got to see. Yeah, we got to check that out. So, yeah, I highly recommend Locke to uh, anyone out there. It came out in the last, I think it came out in 2013. So, A24, yeah. dude, that's the, like the studio or whatever. And they, every one of their movies is amazing. Oh, yeah, they, amazing. Had, they had some of their previews every on that. One of them. Some of them I, look I, kind of interesting. I went to their website and just watched every movie they have out, and they're all fucking gold so you will do the poor you will have the baby it's okay let's do the c-section the c-section will be okay they'll rub some butter on it and I'll, i will be there if traffic is good yeah i'll be there 90 kilometers it's like i'll take back gotham city <laughs> well i'm very excited um we are have a special guest we are going to interview here shortly and that is former new mexico governor gary johnson who was the 2012 libertarian nominee for president he served two terms as governor of New Mexico from 95 to 03, and he will be joining us shortly. Do not go anywhere. Is your job affecting your health? Do you become fatigued? Does working take time away from family and social events like watching wrestling? There's an easy solution. Sue your boss. See, the great thing about this country is you can sue anyone for pretty much anything, and you'll probably win or at least get a settlement. At the firm of Rakin and Ponzer Personal Injury Attorneys, we can show you how falling down and howling like a sissy can result in a large damage award from your employer. We also specialize in awards for injuries suffered in auto, bus, and train accidents, and can even train you to throw yourself in front of a bus and pretend to be injured. Hey, that's why they pay for insurance. Call the law offices of Rakin and Ponzer and get ready to enjoy a life of luxury.
Okay, and we are back, and we are joined on the phone from New Mexico from former Governor Gary Johnson, who was the 2012 Libertarian nominee. Gary, how you doing? Great to be with you guys. Great to have you. So what's going on today? What are you up to, Gary? I know that um, you've got, um, you're back with Our America Initiative, and you guys have... Um, a um, case going against the Commission on Presidential Debates, fairdebates.com, if you want to tell us a little bit about that. Pilot, but uh, Bruce Fine is heading it up, and Bruce is a renowned attorney from Washington, D.C. Uh, he he um, uh, is due accolades for uh, his role to bring down, and he was... Uh, Deputy Counsel uh, for Reagan, and he views this as very uh, patriotic, the notion that the Presidential Debate uh, Commission is uh, unfair, and so we're suing on the grounds of antitrust uh, legislation, the Sherman Act. Uh, the first thing that the judge has to uh, come to is a decision that politics is a business, which in my opinion is not much of a stretch, given that Republican and the Democrat Obama spent a billion dollars, Romney spent a billion dollars, and that um, the Presidential Debate Commission is anything but fair. Right. Yeah. On the grounds that uh, if you are qualified uh, in enough states, on the ballot in enough states, to mathematically be elected President of the United States, shouldn't you be included in the debate? The Presidential right. Debate Commission says you have to be at 15% in the polls. Well, uh, how about even appearing in the polls? Did you see any polls during the presidential election that included uh, the Libertarian candidate in 2012 or the Green candidate in 2012? No, it was as if you guys didn't even run. Well, this isn't uh, just about this is about third parties, and uh, you can uh, for anyone listening, you can Google it. Google uh, Presidential Debate Commission League of Women Voters. League of Women Voters in a very terse statement. Uh, um, this was uh, after Perot had appeared in the debate, said they are pulling out of sponsoring the presidential debates because uh, it's a farce. And I'm paraphrasing, but look it up, and it's uh, pretty strong language that the League of Women Voters uses to describe um, the presidential debate commission. Made up of Democrats and Republicans with uh, every intention of limiting the debates to Democrats and Republicans. That's great, Gary. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that and engaging in that. I mean, it's, you know, last time around, you captured roughly 1% of the vote in the general election. So going forward to 2016, um, I think you have a very strong case uh, with the debate commission. And what do you think they're going to do with the 15 or so Republicans who are running, um, you know, even just within the party to try and exclude some of the, you know, quote unquote, lesser tier candidates? Well, unprecedented is you're going to have uh, uh, candidates that are sitting governors and sitting senators that are going to be excluded uh, from the debates. And that really, I think, will be unprecedented. You know, I came up with a fair uh, idea regarding the uh, debates, and that is, is to do away with the debate format completely. And whatever time it is that uh, you allocate toward the debates, let's say it's two hours, give every single um, candidate that, uh, let's say, has held office. Um, and uh, I realize, you know, you've got to include someone like Trump. And in this case, uh, you've got uh, Carson, who's showing up high in the polls. Uh, just give them all uh, whatever it is, six minutes each to make their pitch to the American people. And uh, that's, the way, that's the way the primaries work in individual states. You get your, your get your crack at making your case, and uh, and if it's fair, everybody receives the same amount of time, and how can you complain about something like that? Sure, and you know, it's just, um, I don't want to say it's funny, but I mean, you know, we went through this, Gary, when we worked on your campaign up here in New Hampshire, you were led into that first debate, um, and then you were excluded from the rest of them until the one in September down in Florida, so these people are dealing with the uh, the same treatment that you got, so they can kind of get a taste of what it feels like to be someone who's held office and had success in office to be excluded. Well, you've got, uh, you take Pataki, for example, three-term governor of uh, New York. Uh, I don't even think his name is appearing on any polls, and 
when they do, he's not uh, given any showing whatsoever. Well, you know what? If he were given the attention, uh, he'd be right up there. And I am, uh, I, I just like George Pataki as a human being, and I think he's a good man and uh, three-term governor of New York. Right, exactly. Like he's going to be excluded from this whole thing, and he, he's been out of office for several years. Right. You've got... Uh, You've got, uh, well, what's his Kasich. Uh, looks like he's going to be out of it completely. You've got uh, Graham. I don't agree with anything that Lindsey Graham has to say, but, right. you know, he's been a Senate, sitting senator for how many times? At least two. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to, no, I think it's three. Right. Um He's going to be excluded as it stands right now. Yeah, and um, you did mention Donald Trump, and he's just sucking all the air out of this thing. And I did see an interview you just did with Reason Magazine uh, where you said that Trump is basically appealing to a segment that you will just label straight-out racist and that uh, that racism exists and it's out there. So, um, you know, why... Well, and you got, you got Bernie Sanders on the uh, on the other side appealing to uh, the socialist uh, element uh within the Democrat Party, and um, right. you know what? Uh, there's that element. There is that That's element. That's true. You're right about and that. And I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, I, I liked how you said, you said, I don't want anything to do with it. And then uh, that's kind of how a lot of us feel, too. You know, I mean, the the Trump side show is entertaining, but it's kind of turned our process into electing the leader of the free world into a joke. American Idol. Yeah. Well, it's a clown car. It's a clown <laughs> car. Honk, honk, and, uh, in New Hampshire, I'm curious. I mean, <laughs> what? It's going down the street every day. You it's, must be, be witnessing it every day. It's a clown car, Gary, and the license plate says Trump on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't just Trump. I mean, uh, you, you, take the, uh, you take the majority of those candidates, the vast majority of those candidates that are running, and they want to build a fence across the border. Yeah. And I have to tell you, as a, a former border state governor, uh, New Mexico, um, these things are these things are infuriating to Hispanics. Yeah, Gary, talks give some common sense. What would you say to all these people that want to build a wall? As someone who governed a border state for eight years and had pretty damn good success, what would you say about that? And how would you deal with the immigration issue? Here's how I here's how I, I said it to uh, in New Hampshire: is let's build a fence across the border uh, when it comes to New Hampshire and Canada. And there's <laughs> this rolling of the eyes and hey. There's no issue with our border uh, with Canada. <laughs> oh my, there's no issue with the border on uh, Mexico. Really, it's a made-up issue. It's just a made-up issue. And how do you solve it? How do you? The, the fact that people are crossing has to do with the fact that you cannot get a work visa, and yet the work exists. And they are not taking U.S. jobs. They're taking jobs that nobody else wants. Yeah. And they're basically the cream of the crop when it comes to workers. They're hardworking. And for those of them that don't know the language, that's the only time there's a wage disparity is when there's a language barrier. And the Mexicans that are coming across the border recognize that. And right. you know what? Statistically, from the time that this country was... Uh, open to immigration it's about a seven-year phenomenon to uh to, to get the language uh, so that's unchanged too yeah and another thing governor that uh someone like trump or anyone is not really addressing and something that you address with boldness and fearlessness is the drug war and the twenty thousand or so deaths that happen along the border that are related to drug violence and that's not even being acknowledged or talked about well that's a that's a prohibition phenomenon and uh and you address that, and of course we are addressing that now. We're, clearly, I think we've reached the tipping point when it comes to marijuana. Give it another five years, and I think uh, perhaps all but Alabama and Mississippi will uh, have legalized marijuana. Now on the marijuana topic, Governor, um, I read that recently you, you're like the CEO or the head of a new company called uh, Cannabia Sativa. Is that correct? Uh, cannabis Sativa. So I'm the CEO and president of Cannabis Sativa. We're a publicly traded company. We're a startup, but uh, very exciting. Uh, I, I did this because I think it's changed the world for the better, and it's changed the world for the better from the medicinal standpoint, which, you know, these marijuana products uh, address the same products that the legal prescription market does, whether that's pain, antidepressants, you name it. Mm -hmm. But statistically, the prescription market kills 100,000 people a year. 
Yeah. Uh, the difference is, is that these marijuana products uh, arguably are just as efficacious and don't kill anybody. And then on the recreational side, um, I have to tell you, uh, I have always said that legalizing marijuana will lead to less overall substance abuse because people are going to find marijuana as such a safer alternative than other substances, starting with alcohol. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And the majority of the people are starting to feel that way and making their voices heard. And obviously, we're all very excited about the Supreme Court ruling in favor of gay marriage. Um, I know you've talked about this, saying that even as a libertarian and a small government kind of guy, you do favor something in place like a Supreme Court ruling for the protection of all. Well, the, the issue with, uh, you know, the, the, the ideal notion is get government out of the marriage business completely, but I think we all need to recognize that uh, maybe 75% of the marriage issue, uh, marriage equality issue, has to do with uh, taxation and the fact that uh, all couples are not created equal. Right. And, um, you know, I'm advocating uh, abolishing the IRS and income tax and corporate tax and if you're going to replace it with something, why replace it with a national consumption tax? And, uh, you know what, back to immigration. We're going to need tens of millions of immigrants to fill the jobs in this country uh, that are going to exist because of a zero corporate tax rate. Why are you going to locate your business anywhere in the world other than the United States, given a zero corporate tax rate? And imagine our lives without having to hassle with the IRS. Oh, God, that would be the best, man. Get those clowns out of our life. They're terrorists, really. Well, let me point out something else that um, that uh, I don't think people really recognize the fact that uh, the majority of Americans in this country right now support legalizing marijuana. Agree? Anybody disagree with that? No. I, I don't think so, and I think that number has gone up, actually. Well, it, it has gone up. But in the past, you've had the... Um, you've had... Basically, you've criminalized marijuana. So now what you have is you have the minority telling the majority that not only can marijuana not be legal, but that it's still criminal, and in this country, people still go to jail for lengthy periods for possession only or sale of small amounts of drugs where they've been caught several times. So that is a classic definition of tyranny. Oh, where absolutely. the minority is putting the majority in jail. Absolutely. And I mean, when are we going to see Obama do, commute some more sentences? I mean, if he, let's, what, what if he were to be prosecuted for the laws that he broke, drug laws that he broke, he never would have become president. So maybe he'll lighten up a little bit and, uh, you know, commute some more sentences on his way out. Well, I, I, I uh, recently, and you probably uh, have talked about it on your radio show, this, uh, this fellow out of, um, oh man, I'm not even remembering the state now, perhaps it was Arkansas, where um, he's, now spent, he's now spent two years in jail of what ends up to be a 25-year sentence because uh, he was caught um, possessing marijuana for the third time. Oh. And um, three strikes, you're out. And he's in jail. That's so draconian. And the majority of, of the people that are locked up in this country are there for nonviolent drug crimes. So we well, definitely... That, that, that is actually the profile of uh, persons in federal prison. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that profile. A person who has sold drugs on numerous occasions, small amounts. Small amounts. And been caught. And because of mandatory sentencing, they're serving out their time in federal prison. Yeah, and it's just a whole vicious cycle. And it's a whole nasty racket, really. The whole racket built upon incarceration in this country. And then you have the various agencies that support it um, and are part of the process. And uh, I know when you ran um, as a Republican and then as a Libertarian, you were talking about a 40, 43% reduction across the board in government and you know definitely some of these agencies that are involved in the business of locking people up like the DEA um, and, and other ones uh, would feel that so they would f they feel threatened by it I think governor overall by, by legalization oh, and the biggest threat to our national security isn't uh, isn't drugs it's uh, it's the fact that we continue to borrow and spend more money than what we take in 
Yeah. And that if we don't correct it, we're going to find ourselves uh, a la Greece. And yeah. if uh, anybody doubts that, you know what? This is not going to be something you're going to see coming. No, we're going a to monetary make... monetary collapse is going to literally happen overnight, and it's going to be ugly when all the dollars you have don't buy a thing because they're not worth anything. It will be ugly. We'll make Greece look like Disneyland, really. We'll make Greece look like Disneyland. Yeah. And um, there was a great interview recently with... Um, your, I guess I could say is your friend. You know him, former Governor uh, Jesse Ventura from Minnesota. And um, he was on Alex Jones. And uh, I guess someone from the Libertarian Party has been making overtures to Jesse Ventura about showing up to the convention next year. And uh, he would have a good shot at getting their nomination. What do you think about that? And what do you think about possibly teaming up with him? Well, uh, I hope to be the Libertarian nominee in 2016. That's not something that I have announced, but it's something that I hope to do. And if Jesse decides to do that, I think that would be terrific. Yeah. I would hope he wouldn't just show up at the convention. I would hope he would announce that ahead of time, and it would bring a lot of attention to uh, what it is to be a Libertarian and the debates that would uh, ensue with him as part of those. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sounds like he does just want to show up, and he even made the point that he would not... He would only do it, um, be on the ticket, whether it's the top or the bottom of the ticket, if he could maintain uh, his status as an independent and not have to join the Libertarian Party. So, um, yeah, that'll go over. That'll go over big with not just the Libertarians, but any party. And he, uh, you know what? I, I like Jesse. Jesse support, supported me in uh, yeah 2012, and I uh, appreciated that greatly. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of us love the thought of you guys running together. Um, obviously, who would be on the top of the ticket would be for the convention to decide. I mean, you, between the two of you, you have 12 years of experience governing states and um, experience in the private sector. He has his military experience as a Navy SEAL. I mean, it would, it would be a badass ticket, Gary, so I'm just throwing it out to you. Well, I doubt uh, I doubt Jesse would have anything to do with the lower half of the ticket. And uh, like I said, I think the uh, the debate, uh, the the value of the debates would be at the top of the ticket, uh, not true. at the not at the lower end. And I can't imagine Jesse being second fiddle to anybody if you were to embark on this. That's a good point. Well, if you're listening, Jesse, we uh, we love you, and uh, you know at least consider being involved in supporting uh, Governor Johnson again like you did in 2012. And uh, also... I do, I do want to make it really clear. I'm not announced. You announce and the world changes and um, I'm, you know, oh. it's something I hope to be able to do yep. and... Uh, yep, for the barring, purpose. Uh, famine or, uh, or flood, uh, <laughs> I might just be able to do it again. You don't want to make your official announcement right now, Governor, on Jackman Radio? <laughs> no, I'm afraid life would change drastically and uh, uh, not for the better. Yeah, no, but we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that, and obviously, you know, we're um, we're big fans and supporters, and I would be I would be very happy to see you run again. Um, what do you make of a guy like Jim Webb? He's really the only Democrat I could see myself voting for. You know, I'm I'm not familiar with him enough to comment, but uh, isn't it an indictment on our system that uh, bottom line it looks like we're going to have uh, Jeb and Hillary? Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, a guy like Jim Webb, um, I wish was a household name because he uh, he's incredibly qualified. He's going to be the only one in the race who has combat experience in Vietnam. And um, you're absolutely right. That is an indictment on our system and a system that we hope to change and, and include more voices in the uh, 2016 general election. So how many states... Um, last time around, the, the Libertarians were on the ballot in 48 states with write-in in one? Yes, 48 states, uh, with the exception of uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Shame on Oklahoma. I know, seriously. And Michigan. Shame on Michigan for the lawsuit that uh, they filed that kept us off. It was uh, truly partisan politics at its best, and it's uh, Republicans that's leading the charge in uh, each of those states. And for that matter, even in states where we got on the ballot, um, the... the, main opposition to our being on the ballot, libertarians being on the ballot, came from Republicans. Shame on them. Shame on them. Of course. Oh, absolutely. They don't yeah. like competition. Another no, issue... Well, what do you have to fear from competition? You know, you should look at competition as a good thing. You know, uh, poli- <laughs> all politicians seem to say that pol- uh, competition is a great thing, of course, except when it comes to politics. You know, <laughs> let's just make right. sure we only have two choices and 
Hey, those two choices, man. Those they're big differences, aren't they? Tweeted D, tweeted dumb. <laughs> yeah, Coke and Pepsi. percent uh, corporate tax, 27% corporate tax. I mean, these are the debates that rage among the Democrats and the Republicans. Shame on them both. Absolutely. Right there with you, man. That's good stuff. And another issue that we touch upon on our podcast here, Governor, is uh, obviously, uh, you know, state government surveillance of uh, American citizens and NSA encroachment. What would your policy be uh, towards that? Well, I, I've, you know, been uh, been uh, strongly critical of uh, Homeland Security. I would have never established the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, I would not have signed the Patriot Act. I support repealing the Patriot Act. Excuse me. Support repealing the Patriot Act and uh, stop with the NSA surveillance of uh, of our own citizens. You know, when Verizon can go uh, in front of, or excuse me, when uh, NSA can go before the FISA court and uh, granted authority to tap 110 million Verizon users. What country do we live in? And then uh, Edward Snowden asked. Union spy on its citizens, and um, I'm getting this secondhand, but kind of a a laugh, and we can't afford that. We can't afford it either. Yeah. And um, a little more foreign policy. um, How big of a threat do you think ISIS really is? I mean, you're looking at some of these people the FBI um, are capturing and and setting up in stings. We had one up here in Massachusetts um, last week, the son of a Massachusetts police officer was arrested in an FBI sting to buy weapons, and he wanted to shoot up a college and, and bomb a college and all this stuff. On behalf of ISIS? On behalf of ISIS. I mean, do you think that's a real serious threat, or how would you handle that? Well, it's, it's a threat. Uh, is it serious? Is it serious to our national security? Are we going to have incidents of, of terrorism in this country? I mean, come on. None of us believe that we're not going to have uh, incidents uh, like this, but... If in the name of safety we're going to we're going to uh, forego all of our civil liberties, if we're going to forego the Bill of Rights, um, you know what? It's uh, it's not worth it's not worth that cost. That that's why we became a country. Right. I mean, we're 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 reverting. We're not uh, moving forward. Right. No, that's true. That's that's a good point. And. You know, the media does a great job sensationalizing it, and they like to show the pictures of all the guns the FBI set them up with and said, you know, look, look what we did. We're going to be able to justify budget increases next year, and then it just go, it kind of goes on and on. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, are, are you going to be able to find these kinds of things? Uh, sure you are. And are these incidents going to happen in the future? Look, if, if anybody says they're not or promises otherwise, uh, that, that's foolhardy. These, yeah. these things are going to happen. Is that a threat to our national security? No, not really. What's a threat to our national security is the fact that we've got hundreds of millions of enemies all across the world, and they exist because of our military interventions. Uh, we don't just go out and get the bad guys. We uh, end up killing a lot of innocent people. When you think about it, um, you know, 3,000 people died in the Twin Towers. Horrible. You know, we're, we're outraged as a nation. Google, for everybody that's outraged, Google how many innocents have died in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq as a result of our intervention, and the number is somewhere in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, but probably over a million anyways, and half a million. Our drone program too, Governor, I mean, what are your, how, how would you deal with the drone program? Because I think the numbers have shown that weddings are getting bombed, uh, people's houses. Religious ceremonies. You know, yeah, mosques. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, quote-unquote targets, but... There's a lot of uh, people out there that are getting killed with drone attacks that have nothing to do with terrorism. Well, and if that, and uh, and I I would just like uh, citizens of this country to uh, imagine themselves in the same position. If a uh, if a uh, country were doing that to us in this country, we would vow vengeance against that perpetrating company. Uh, country up to and including giving our own lives to seek that vengeance and that's what's happened that's what's happening every day yeah that's I mean, why this that's why these movements are growing it's a great recruitment tool isn't it great recruitment tool i mean we're the we're the number one recruiter for uh for growing uh um extremism uh islamic extremism we're the we're the number one recruiter 
Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about that. And we gotta we gotta alter course because this this ominous global war on terror could just go on and on with really no end in sight. And as you said, we're we're bankrupt. I mean, seventeen trillion dollars in debt. How the hell can we justify it and afford to keep going down this path? Well, and uh, you know, and then you hit on something too. Uh, seventeen trillion is a drop in the bucket relative to what the true uh, liabilities are when you extrapolate. Uh, Medicaid and Medicare in the future. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, the, the, the actual number gets dwarfed by where we're headed with this unless we fix it. Yeah. Now, Governor, you started a one-man handy, handyman business back in the 70s, I believe, by going door-to-door um, and grew it into a thousand-person-plus successful company, uh, construction company. The way things are now, they don't make it easy for someone to start a small business and get going on that with all the taxes and the registration and the fees and the regulations. Uh, how would you, you know, what kind of advice would you give to young entrepreneurs in this country um, or someone who wants to try and get something going in 2015? Well, to do, to do it, to do it, to be an entrepreneur. You know, I think the model of the future for uh, virtually all aspects of life is going to be the Uber model. You know, that these... Uh, Uber taxis are, are terrific. They're fantastic. Well, that model, I think, is going to exist for accountants and doctors and uh, and uh, plumbers, electricians. Uh, it, it, it's terrific. It's it's getting rid of the middleman. It's uh, putting money directly in the pockets of uh, people who are actually doing the work. That's true. No, I, I've had great experience with Uber. Every time I go to Washington, D.C. or New York City, I usually hop into an Uber and... Uh, I can't say I've had a bad experience. Well, and you probably won't. Or, you know, that isn't to say there's always exceptions to everything. Well, that's true. <laughs> you've got a person who's showing up. It's his or her car, and uh, and it's clean, and uh, yeah. and they want you to have a great experience because they want people to keep uh, keep keep ordering them up. Right, keep using their business exactly. No, that's that's very true. And I, I had a I had an argument with someone recently who was very fervent in their opposition to legalizing prostitution, and I kind of you know you could say the same thing about the safety of people who choose to be sex workers. Um, if we legalized it and put it indoors and took it off the streets, um, you would see a drop in violent crimes against people who choose to be sex workers. And um, you know screenings for diseases and such. So you could kind of you, you're right. You could apply it to pretty much any kind of trade. Well, that's right. And uh, and and in this case, you know, w women are the ones that are are being um, women are are the victims of the violence that go along with uh, prostitution and the fact that it is illegal. And uh, you know, I I'm, I. I Prostitution is something that just, uh, I, I can't imagine enlisting the services of a prostitute, but if you were to enlist the services of a prostitute, would you want to do that in Nevada, where it's legal, or would you want to do it someplace where it's not legal and, um, and risk your health, your health and safety? And, uh, of course, the whole thing is just riddled with uh, violence uh, because uh, it, is, it is illegal. Right, there's a there's a criminal element to it, and uh, people who want to make money off that and and abuse others and suppress them, and you know the fact that it's illegal, they use that to to their advantage. So again, another libertarian perspective, and in, in my opinion, kind of wins out here. Well, it's not you know libertarian perspective does not necessarily say that I agree with what it is you may or may not do with well, your right. life. Right. But a libertarian perspective says, as long as that decision doesn't adversely affect mine, then, you know what, um, have at it. Yeah. And uh, do, you, do you believe that there's a, a, a pay gap with gender? I hear a lot of people going on about this, and uh, I, don't, I haven't talked to too many uh, people who have been in government and led a state. I mean, what's your take on that? Is is it real or is it manufactured? I mean, what do you what do you think about that? The wage wage inequality. No, I, I think it does exist, uh, and yet uh, um, I think that uh, I, I read uh, in reading Hayek. One of the takeaways I had from Hayek was that you know, even as a libertarian, you really need to keep an open mind uh, to 
legislation and fairness, the notion that legislation can actually bring about fairness. Now, when it comes to government policy and wage inequality, um, has government been effective in addressing that? Not really, uh, but, and, and I am, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded. Uh, everything that I saw as governor that tried to address that, in my opinion, really didn't address it at all. It just was going to end up uh, creating liabilities that perhaps wouldn't even exist. And, but that isn't to say that we shouldn't keep an open mind on how that might be addressed by government. I just haven't seen an effective way in which it really can be. Other than the fact that there is this awareness that you're talking about it, we're talking about it, sure. and um, it is, like I say, it's 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 an awareness that is that is growing, and within that awareness comes the actual reality of seeing uh, that equality uh, come up to uh, being equality. And I think too, I really really like your sentiment there about. Um, if you're from the libertarian perspective or whatever perspective you're from, whatever your stripes may be, to being willing to listen to another mindset or consider another set of ideals. And I think one of the problems, and obviously I'm not blaming you, I'm not blaming anyone specifically, but as a whole, as a movement, um, a lot of libertarians are pigeonholed as people who won't ever, or are too rigid in their beliefs and won't consider the, the beliefs or trains of thought of others. Yep. No, you you hit it on the head. Yeah. So. Well, I think we've ridden this horse to a, to a, to, to an end, huh? Yeah. Great being on with you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome to have you, uh, Gary. And I'll just give you the last uh, I'll give you the last word to make a pitch and uh, tell us anything else you're involved in. Also, congratulations on the birth of your granddaughter, Cora. Um, yeah. Thank you. Start thank some, you. Start some pictures well, that, of her. Uh, <laughs> you know that that's what I'll end on. The, fact that our, our families, uh, our, our lives, our own individual lives, the freedom that we have, let's not take it for granted and let's revel in it and enjoy it and let's not be fearful about uh, things that uh, for the most part aren't ever going to affect our lives and in this case uh, paralyzing or causing our country peril with the money that we're spending on issues that uh, ultimately are... Uh, our job perpetuation for bigger government. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe someday, Gary, you can run up and down Mount Monadnock again with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the sound of that. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, Governor Gary Johnson from New Mexico. Uh, not an official candidate yet, but keep your eyes open for him. Uh, check out his uh, group, that he, advocacy group that he is the chairman of, Our American our America initiative and also go to fairdebates.com to check out what he's up to and what those groups are doing um, in regards to getting equal access into the debates next fall and thank you everybody for listening I'm your host Eric Jackman I'm Mike Jackman and that was another installment of Jackman Radio have a great night